Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Here's a question. Did you know an all-bond portfolio can earn up to 6.88% yield? As interest rates plateau and eventually begin to drop, Betterment is offering the BlackRock Target Income Portfolio, a 100% bond portfolio that can be a smart alternative to cash. Here's a couple more reasons why you may want to consider BlackRock Target Income Portfolio. First, it has four different yield targets to choose from based on your preferred level of risk. Second, it's built by BlackRock, one of the world's leading asset managers. And third, while it's still an investing product, it's generally less risky than stocks alone. But did you really hear anything after up to 6.88% yield? Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Learn more at betterment.com slash bonds. As of 4.1924 for the aggressive target income portfolio, blended 30-day SEC yield is the weighted average of 30-day SEC yields standardized calculation for each ETF in the portfolio, net of fees 0.25%. Yield is not performance. Investment returns may vary. Investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Betterment, not BlackRock, is responsible for its advisory relationships with clients. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Friday, October 7th, and we are here answering your financial questions, whatever they may be. It could be an investment question. It could be a retirement question. It could be an education question. I'd love to hear from anyone who is completing the FAFSA form that was available through um, the Department of Education this week. Want to know if it's easy, hard, how you encounter the website. Let us know. And if you've got a question about just a generalized priority question, we'd also love to hear from you. The easiest thing to do is go to our website. It's jillonmoney.com, jillonmoney.com. Now, when you're on the website, there's a few things that are new. There's a brand new little button on the top right-hand corner right next to contact us. It says, take the poll, take poll. If you take the poll, it will take you probably 15 seconds and maybe even less. So take the poll because it helps us craft the content that we think is great, but we want to really customize it for you. So take that poll. You can also pre-order my book. It's called The Great Money Reset. And I'm very much looking forward to that. If you pre-order the new book, you will find that you will get 10 bold steps to turn chaos into opportunity. And you're also going to be invited to a very special event. So that's only if you pre-order the new book. So go do that. All right, let's answer some questions. This is from Katie, who says that she'd emailed before about a pension, and she got clarity about that pension. Uh, She says, recently, my financial advisor was let go by his firm. Uh Uh-oh. None of my money was taken. He says it was due to a disagreement in the speed of trading or some other things. Hmm. Okay. I always get worried about that. I mean, listen, it may just be a disagreement, but the real question that Katie is asking is, should she sell her mutual funds and use it to pay down her home equity line of credit and go forward by using index funds on her own for her brokerage account? I would like to know whether the money that is invested in these funds is earmarked for something in particular. I'd like to know about whether your pension and your future social security will cover your future retirement needs. 
And I'd like to know what is the cost of the home equity line of credit? If it's really starting to go up in value and you can sell your mutual funds and it's just a good opportunity to move on, then sure, go ahead and do it. But just be clear that even though markets have been down, you might find that there is some embedded tax liability in these funds. So just make sure you understand what is the tax due or what is the tax loss that you're going to have. And make sure you understand that before you move your accounts, because once you move the account, sometimes it's hard to get that info. Okay. This is from Robert who writes, I have two 457 plans. Those are retirement plans. And he says, I'm required to take disbursements from these plans. I want to know the best strategy for my family. We've got no debt. We have savings. And what are the best tax options? Well, are you, if you've got required minimum distributions, what you do is you make sure that you have the money you need for those distributions in cash inside of that account. And you just take as little as possible each year. If you've got other retirement accounts and you've got to take distributions from, say, IRAs and 457s, then you're going to have to factor that in as well. Just keep in mind that, you know, money that comes out of these accounts, I'm presuming you're over the age of 72, that that money is taxable to you. So build that into your planning. Okay, Kate says, I've been binging on copious amounts of finance content as of late, and I've developed some Roth envy hearing others talk about their Roth 401ks. I reached out to Vanguard to see if my employer offered a Roth option. They said no. That stinks. I began to read through the documents yesterday. I saw that they do have an after-tax contribution option allowing for 1% to 20% of income to be contributed after tax and then grow tax deferred. To me, this seems it's not a true Roth, but it's comparable to a brokerage account within my 401k. Is this a thing? If so, should I consider this versus putting the full $20,500 into the pre-tax bucket at this point? Okay, let's hear about this. 39 years old, not married, child-free. Income is 90 to about $115,000. So single means that your top bracket is 22 or 24. Let me hear what other deductions you have. Oh, mortgage with a nice low uh, mortgage interest rate. So we own a house, $218,000 mortgage at 2.75%. And the house is worth about four twenty-five. dollars 350 grand in pre-tax 401k, 40 grand in a Roth IRA, emergency fund, 40 grand cash, 10 grand in I bonds, old small pension, lump sum of 100,000 or about 500 a month at 60-ish, new brokerage account, $4,000. Okay, the employer pays 8% into a 401k for a 6% contribution. Right now, I'm contributing 20% on average to max out annually. Should I contribute enough to get the match and then shift to post-tax contributions? Or should I put the additional into a brokerage account? I seem to live off about $3,000 a month. I'm able to put away $1,000 a month into the new brokerage account. I'd love to reach that coast fire ASAP and start a career as a starving artist. I'm an introvert working in sales. It's killing my soul. Oh, I love this question. You know, I don't think this is a bad idea. I would, I think that I would think about doing this because the one thing I would wonder is this. If you were to do this 
plan. In other words, if you put your 6% in and then you just do a, which is essentially a non-deductible retirement contribution, an after-tax contribution, and then you max that out, just be sure that that account eventually could be rolled into a Roth. I think it can be. You have to keep copious records of this. Really important there. And then I wouldn't go crazy with this. I tell you, I would probably put in the 6% in my pre-tax, then maybe do another, say, 10% in this after-tax contribution. And considering that you kind of want to blow out early from this soul-crushing job, I would also keep putting money in the brokerage account. So, you know, you could put your 20 grand into this, into a combination of the pre-tax and post-tax But even if you only put like 18 grand in and the rest started going into brokerage, I would like to build that up. Anyone who's listening, if you're thinking about having some sort of great money reset that I'm talking about in my book and that we've talked about on this program, having access to liquid brokerage accounts is huge, huge. Okay, this is from Anonymous, okay? I have two daughters, one that graduated college in the year 22 and one who's a junior. Um, We had both kids take out federal loans. It's their contribution to their education. These are their loans. We did not co-sign and we as parents are in no way on the hook or prepared to pay for these loans. I have learned that the loan forgiveness excludes any loan holder who is a dependent of their parents' 2020-2021 taxes and whose parents earned greater than 250000 Yeah, this is true. Um, okay, so Anonymous says they had an increase in their income because she had exercised a bunch of options that were aging. And she says, okay, wait, should I just refile my 2020 taxes and take them off as dependents so they get relief that so they can get the loan forbearance? It's their loan, it's not mine, and she's pissed. Okay, let's let's be clear. I don't know if you can do this. I think this is a question for a CPA. I'm not sure you can just say they're on their own. Then if you take them off as your dependents, don't they have to file their own returns? That's one question I have. I think that this is something that is going to really start to hurt a lot of people. They're going to think they get loan forgiveness, but they don't. It's just a bummer. I get it. She's, She's pissed. She says, the kids are ticked and so am I. So I want to talk to a CPA and find out if that is possible to do that. And if it is, great. And if it's not, you're just going to be mad. And I don't like mad. I I hate people that get upset about these things. I mean, I wish you're right. I just knew this was going to hurt a bunch of people too. It's going to help a lot and it's going to hurt a lot. All right. This is from Joe. I turned 65 this fall. I retired at 62 and a half. I've been living off my savings and withdrawals from my 401k. Okay. I've got a million dollars in my 401k. My advisor has told me to wait until 66 and a half to pull my social security. Okay. That actually makes sense to me. If he takes the social security just in the beginning of next year, he'll get $2,600 a month. If he waits till 66 and a half, he'll get 2840 a month. I currently need to withdraw $47,000 a year from my 401k to live on. This amount covers my taxes on the withdrawal. So if I wait to 66 and a half, I need to withdraw another 70 grand. Should I start my social security in January or wait till I turn 66 and a half? I'm currently invested in a conservative fund, 50 stocks, 50 bonds. I'm in good health. Family members mostly have lived into their mid 80s. 
Well, if you're in good health and you've got longevity, then waiting actually is better. So I agree with the advisor. I would wait for to take the social security. Again, when you wait, you get a magical amount of money that is added without any risk. And I think that's very important to people to understand. Whenever you take your social security before your full retirement age, even if it's just you know months or a year before, the amount you receive is permanently reduced, okay? Now, this is from Annette, who's going to be 65 next month. And she said, uh, I was just, she said, deceived into buying a fixed index annuity with all of her 401k. She wants to get out of it. Okay. Um, if you were just sold this annuity with all the money in your 401k, and it happened recently, there is usually something called a free look, meaning within a certain period of time, you can get out of it with getting all of your money back. It seems to me that her concern is that they've got an A minus rating on F and G as an annuity company. It doesn't mean that company is going downhill. An A minus is just a rating. I'm sure that it's fine. The real question is, why did all of the money go into a fixed index annuity in the first place? Who gave you that advice? I'm very sorry. Gang, you know, if you're being sold a complicated product, the best thing to do is to put the brakes on and give us a holler. Maybe it's worth it, but maybe it's not. And we sure would like to help you avoid any mistakes. Okay. All right. That is the program. It's Friday. So we do some business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer and we are distributed by Cadence 13. Go to our website for all of our great content. Everything lives there. It's jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button to ask your question. Don't forget to check the box if you'd like to come on the air and join us live. You can also subscribe to our free weekly newsletter. Mark does that every single Friday. It comes out and it's fantastic. So check that out. Check out the book, The Great Money Reset. And of course, take our listener poll. We'd love to have your input on our next venture. So we always rely on you to help us get better. All right. Try to do something nice for someone else today. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.